I started a teaching last week um, on important truths about worship. I did part one on Sunday in the first service. Then for the second service, I did the duties of a worshiper. Then on Wednesday, I went back to important truths about worship part two. So I'm going to do important truths about worship part three. And then hopefully in the second service, I'll go back to duties of the worshiper part two. Can I continue teaching? Now, worship, we have, we have already settled that worship is a very important part of our life, a very important aspect of our daily life as believers. We can't live and take worship out of our daily lives. Worship is part and parcel of our lives. It's a part of our lives that we must embrace, we must live with, we must... Um, it's, um, and so we've also settled that worship is the culture of God's people so that when people encounter us, when people interact with us after a brief period of time, they must know that if nothing about us is notable, at least our worship is notable and noticeable so that when people deal with us, when they interact with us, after a brief period of time, we want them to know that this person is a God-fearing person. This person is a God-fearing woman. There's something about this person Praise the Lord. I remember telling the story how uh, this year, um, early this year, I was traveling and then at the airport, I met these two guys and I was already late so I, I for the boarding gate. So I was, uh, again, because of Abraham, who else? So I was, um, once I had finished with Abraham and I ran through immigration and I was at the boarding gate, I was just trying to make sure that I didn't miss the flight but when I got there, I realized that the flight had not been called. So I sat down and I decided to pray for somebody on the phone. But because there were a lot of people that went to sit far. Now, as I was sitting, I noticed two guys and a lady talking. And they were talking so loud. So I had to even move further. Then now they started coming in my direction. So then when they came to where I was, one of the guys started talking to me. And he said, boss, won't you the all can? Now January, ye year no cry and more muska girlfriends be bring more muska member chosika. So I thought, wow, that's a very nice experience. So the lady was complaining, and then the other guy gave her money and she said, Oh, God bless you, blah blah blah. And then the other guy started complaining, Mama Bamu Pesikaduna, January, girlfriends yen show mu and I show. So then he turned to me and I boss who said. So I sat quietly. Then I, I said, oh, I'm going to sit there to wait for my friend. I said, oh, oh, call. Say, say, say. I said, oh, yeah. Oh, I want to yes, we call. Oh, sir. Hey, me see Chrome one bar So now, like, it became a very interesting conversation. <laughs> so then I said, ah, oh, 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 so yeah, yeah, yeah. More minds, they mentioned another province that they work in the province, and I said, oh, when me I go to the capital, hey, menko hodo matna five years, menko capital yes, hono. So he mentioned the name of one hotel. I, unfortunately, I've been to the hotel before. I didn't know there was a famous nightclub that we went to have dinner, and he so he said, have you been? It's called Bintumani. It's a Chinese restaurant. He said, have you been to Bintumani? I said, oh yeah. He said, really nice. Hey, Jack. So now I'm looking very guilty because I've been to Bintumani. I've been to the capital. 
So I'm sitting there, I'm waiting for what's next. Then they start describing. So the other one is saying that the day he gets opportunity, because the mind's here, quite normal lucky gate, it's a harbor gate. still. Then they are talking. So I'm, I'm just listening. And it's so amusing. I'm just listening. And then, so they are talking about, oh, umbinya time, kakra, they will come to the capital and all of those things. So then one of them said, na, oh, <laughs> And I'm saying, oh, because, because bra, my brother is there. Then the other one said, bra, where are yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Can I teach a little this morning? And I said, oh, there'll be a day. And I wasn't like dressed like, you know, and I mean, at the airport, if somebody is dressed like this, it can't be a pastor, it can't be a businessman, mostly a businessman. So I said, oh, I can see you having fun this morning. So then I said, okay, look, I'm a pastor. <laughs> so, I'm a pastor. Well, basically, what I'm trying to say is that we don't need to preach before people know we are worshippers. We don't need to say Jesus before people know we are worshippers. And I've learned that because I realized that when you start a conversation from Jesus, people just shut off. They don't want to hear you. So I wanted to talk to them as men, as human beings. And I wanted them to talk about all the things they were talking about when they go all that they do. And then I would also shockingly tell them when I go all that I do so that they will compare the two and they realize that, oh, okay, somebody can go into this country and this is what they do there. They don't have to do this. And this is because they are Christians. So then now this guy is confessing that he used to be an elder, but said, praise the Lord. And so now he's talking to me. I've been going there for a couple of years now, and I'm still a pastor. I don't even know all those things that go there. So then at least I have something that I can talk to him about. You see, the problem we've had is that we've not allowed worship to be seen in every facet of our lives. Our worship must be seen in every facet of our lives. If you are a hairdresser, as you are doing people's hair, they must know you are a worshiper of Jesus Christ. If you are a tailor, you are a tailor. My little cousin who is uh, in this church uh, went to study fashion. She's doing very well, graduated top of her class. She sews very beautifully. But then all of a sudden, I noticed a few things going on with her. So this week, she was in the house and I said, Isabella, you are becoming a seamstress. So no, 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 no. I said, you are becoming. And you know what I mean when I say somebody's becoming a seamstress, don't you know? If I say somebody's becoming a tailor, don't you know? Because here in Ghana, if a tailor tells you, look up, start looking down, start dig down. Is that not the case? And unfortunately, some of them are in our churches. They are here listening to me as I speak. Now, our worship must be seen in every facet of our lives. Yes, I'm a human being. You are a human being. But there must be something, a marked difference about us. 
people who interact with us, people who encounter us, they must know that if not anything, this person, God is in their life. God reigns supreme in their lives. Praise the Lord. And so, our worship must encompass the following four things. And these four things are going to help me to teach in the second service. It must encompass our thoughts, our choices, our actions, and our relationships. Our worship must encompass our thoughts, our choices, our actions, and our relationships. So the things we think about, the things we choose, we choose to do, the things we actually do, and the relationships we have, they must all be in consonance. They must all be in consonance and in congruity with our worship. So that when people hear that I'm a worshiper, as they see the thoughts I'm thinking, if I tell them my thoughts, they will know that these are the thoughts of a Christian. Praise the Lord. So that you are not, you are not the person who is trying to do damage to somebody. Because you are a Christian, you are the person who is always advocating, let's forgive them. Let's give them a second chance. Let's not gossip about them. Let's not do to them what they have done for us. Because you are the one who is a Christian, you are the one who is not a tit for tata. You know who a tit for tata is? Every, somebody who is every time doing tit for tat. Praise the Lord. And, and I want those to be your thoughts. Then when it comes to your choices, I want you to always make choices that show who you are, that you are a Christian, that you are a child of God. And it's difficult to make because sometimes in a society we live, sometimes certain things can happen and you make a choice and you want to make sure that people know that on so many jadam. And, and I had to learn this as a young boy when I was in Bible school because I had a lot of difficulties while I was in Bible school. And I remember I would come to church to preach and I would preach my heart out and after service, my spiritual mother would call me and say, Roland, will be a And they preach now in the morning. One father member pulpit him. Say, one father member pulpit him. And I learned it because one father member pulpit him. And I would... Like, because I had the microphone, I would use it to settle my issues. But then I was taught from them that you don't do that. Now, I want you to learn this because it's very, very important. There are some of us that from what we read you writing on social media to how we see you acting in town, we know what is going on in your life. There are some of you, there is nothing that goes on in your life that you can hide. The tailor is cooking up something. The seamstress is cooking up something. Watch out. Watch this space. And I need you to learn to make choices that always show who you are. Granted, you can't do that all the time, but you must do that most of the time. And most of the time, the people that have let Jesus down are the people of faith because we make choices that don't honor his name. I want you to be the person. Make choices. 
constantly that honor his name. Jesus taught us, he said that as long as it lies in your power, live at peace with all men. And you know, it's interesting, uh, the subject of philosophy, because everybody can philosophize a subject. Everybody can pull and draw from an aspect of a matter. And they will say, it is this way, it is this way. You know, like the subject of the hen and the egg, who is the older? Some people can theorize and philosophize it in a way that the hen is older. Some people can also philosophize it in a way that the egg is older. And that is how generally we like to live our lives. God does not call us to live like that. When it comes to Christianity, when it comes to the word of God, there are absolute truths that we must follow so that when we make choices, we mustn't be wishy-washy. We mustn't be standing in the middle or sitting on the fence. We must take a bold stand for our Lord and our Christ and people must know this is where believers stand because of the choice we make. Praise the Lord. It's a blessing you so far. Then also when it comes to our actions, our actions, and I told you the other time that, you see, our reactions, in fact, are even more powerful than our actions. And our reactions point more to who we serve and who we are than our actions. And I want you to even look at that. I want you to train yourself and groom yourself in such a way that when somebody crosses you while you are driving, when you are going to say, ah, you say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I want you to learn it because it will keep coming at you. Then also your relationships. Your relationships also must point to who you are and who your God is. And so we want to glean from the amplified version of um, Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 13 seven deep truths about worship that you mustn't forget. Seven deep truths about worship that you mustn't forget. We want to look at the amplified version. And we want to glean seven deep truths about worship that you mustn't forget. I'm going to read it over again so that you'll get it. It says that all has been heard. The end of the matter is fear God, revere and worship him, knowing that he is, and keep his commandments, for this is the whole of man, the full original purpose of his creation, the object of God's providence, the root of character, the foundation of happiness, the adjustment to all in harmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun, and the whole duty for every man. The first thing I want you to know is that worship is because we believe God is. Last week when I was teaching about important truths about worship, I started from the book of John chapter 4 verse 22 and in John chapter 4 verse 22 I made us aware of the fact um, that um, the true worshipers, John chapter 4, 22, 23, the true worshipers, they worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Worshiping the Father in spirit means that we worship him by faith. It, what it means is that we don't know that he exists, but we believe he exists. And that is why in Christianity, we don't have any image anywhere here that we have to come and bow down to. Praise the Lord. There's not the form of an animal. There's not the form of any creature. There's not the form of anything created that we come and bow down to. So there's a, there's a picture of the sun and maybe no, there's nothing like that. Maybe a lion and then there's a picture of a lion. No. Or maybe an eagle. No. Or a man. No. We don't bow to any of those things because in worship, we worship a God who we believe. We don't necessarily have to know we believe him. And so when we are worshiping, that is why our worship culture extends beyond the four walls of the church. Even in the sanctity of your 
uh, your chambers, your room. You are there by yourself. There. You are there in the solitude of that quietness in that place. You remember God is there because for us, God is everywhere we find ourselves. Praise the Lord. And so we worship, verse, can you put verse 23? We worship in spirit and in truth. And worshiping in spirit means that we believe. Somebody say, I believe. And so Christians, we worship because we believe that God is. So the Amplified Version says that all has been heard. The end of the matter is fear God, revere and worship him, knowing that he is. Knowing that he is. It is this knowledge, this belief that God is who he is. That's why we worship him. It is this knowledge that brings us to our knees in worship before God. It is this knowledge that makes us to lift up our hands to God. Have you realized that sometimes people are profane? They can say anything. And, and why do they do that? Because, and some people can swear, and they are lying. And this is because they don't believe in the God who exists. You know, sometimes when we sit and we talk about certain things, because we are people of faith and we believe God is there, and why do we do that? Because we, we know that God exists. Praise the Lord. But the people who don't know of the existence of God, they live their life anyhow. I gave you an example last week that when I see you, when I'm talking to you, some of you behave very well. Then when I'm not there, you behave very badly. And I'm saying that I am a human being, but God is with you everywhere you go all the time. Praise the Lord. And so we worship because we believe in God. Now, in Psalm 19, verse 1 to 3, the Bible tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God. And so in Psalm 19, verse 1 to 3, the Bible is showing us that all creation knows that God exists. Now, if the heavens declare the glory of God, the fellow man showed his handiwork day on today, verse number 2. Day on today, uttered speech, and night on tonight, showed knowledge. Finally, verse number 3. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. The Bible is saying that there is no speech or language in which creation does not say that there is God. As you look at the animals that God has created, it must convince you that there is God. As you look at the sun, it must convince you there is God. As you look at the trees God has created, as you look at everything in our world, even your own life, look at your body. Look at your body. As you look at your body and as you look at the things that go on in your body, you realize that there is a God. He, so it is this knowledge that prompts us to worship. And the Bible is saying that the heavens do their own. Verse 1, can we go back? The Bible says that the heavens declare. So when you wake up in the morning and you look at the heavens, they are declaring to us that there is God. The Bible says that the firmament showeth his handiwork. And so we see the stars, we see the moon, we see the sun. Who created that? God did. So even the skies show the handiwork of God. Then the Bible says in verse number 2, the Bible says that day unto day speech night unto night showed knowledge every day we see God I dare you I, and I'm expecting just one person here to get up and come to me and say pastor I don't believe there's God I've lived for more than one year and I've not seen anything that shows that there's God and I'll tell you you're a liar we will in fact all tell you a lie because every one of us here we have a God testimony because there's something that has happened in our life if God didn't exist there is no way it could have happened some of you have prayed certain prayers silently and you yourself you are praying the prayer not in faith you are praying the prayer in doubt and yet 
that prayer was answered and it was answered not the way you expected but beyond your expectations beyond your wildest imagination and all of a sudden you were so humbled because if there is no God how come I was in that room alone praying there are times you think something and then and then all of a sudden it happens and then you realize that oh so when I was thinking there's a God who can see into my thoughts Praise the Lord. And so now, as we begin to look at all these things, they show us in the book of Luke chapter 19 verse 14, Jesus is speaking to the people and, he, and, 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 and this is the triumphal entry, what's called the triumphal entry. So Jesus is entering right into Jerusalem and the people are praising him. The Pharisees want the people to stop. What does Jesus say? He said, look, you can keep quiet. I will let the stones praise me. He said, you can keep quiet. I will let the stones praise me. And look, we have seen things in this world creation that honors God. There are certain things God has created. When you see them, you see that indeed there's God. I mean, I have a fascination for lions and eagles, especially lions, when you see them and the way they walk and the way lions think. As you are looking at these creatures, when they are coming, you look at them and say, hmm, there must be God somewhere. Because that creature, the way it is, the way it functions, if there is no God, who could have done that? Praise the Lord. And so Jesus had told them, if you don't praise me, I'll let the stones praise me. In fact, James chapter 2 verse 19, that's an awesome work. And James tells us that even the demons, he said, you believe there's God, you are doing well. He said, even the demons believe, and because they believe that there's God, they tremble. He said, even the demons believe, and they tremble. And so that if demons believe that there's God, demons who are bad, they are going to hell, they can never reform. And you human being. If demons believe that there is God, you must believe even more. Praise the Lord. And that's why we worship. We worship because God is. Somebody say God is. And this week as you go out there to your workplace, to uh, wherever you, you find yourself, I want people to see you and know that nyami woho. Praise the Lord. I want people to see. Do you remember when we used to be in primary school and your teacher would go out? There are some teachers here. Mrs. Apia is retired, but there are still some teachers here. Do you remember um, your teacher would go out and they would tell the class prefect to write names of talkatives? And when they tell the class prefect to write names of talkatives, we are all on our best behavior. But if they don't tell the class prefect, we are throwing paper at each other. We are jumping on tables. That one, when the teacher comes in, stay where you are. <laughs> My classmate from Montessori is laughing because he used to be a very bad boy. In the Oh, he wasn't bad. He was a very good guy. His mother was our teacher, so he was very well behaved. And the teacher would come and say, stay where you are. And stay where you are. Somebody will be doing this. Somebody will be doing this. Somebody will be, ah! And have all kinds of, you know, stay where you are. And then the teacher will come. You can't move. Pa, 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 pa. Pa, pa, pa. Ghana school, you do. They've trained us very well. Pa, 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 pa. Pa, 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 pa. And you see people dancing at Baja. You see that? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But we don't need stay where you are because we know that there is a superintendent over our lives. We know that there is a precedent over our life. God does not come into our life as a resident. He comes into our life as the precedent. He comes to preside over our lives. And because of him, we know. And that is why our whole lifestyle is a worship. There are certain things we can never think. There are certain things we will never choose. There are certain things we will never do. There are certain relationships we will never put ourselves in. Why? Because we know God is with us. 
We believe God is amongst us. Praise the Lord. The second thing I want you to know is that our obedience to God's commandment is a form of worship. And so, back to that scripture in the Amplified Version, it says that all has been heard. The end of the matter is fear God, revere and worship him, knowing that he is and keep his commandments. Keeping the commandments of God is a way of worship. It's a way of worship. One of the ways we worship God is by being obedient to the commandments of God. In John 14, 15, Jesus tells us that if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandment. Do or keep my commandment. Now, there is no way we can love God. There's no way we can believe God exists and not reverence him. Now, like, for, for instance, I gave the analogy of a teacher. If the teacher is out of the class, the students misbehave. But when the teacher comes to the class, the students don't misbehave. Especially if it was a very wicked teacher. I mean, now I think they have this whole policy where teachers are not caning the children too much. But when we were little children, they can cane you till you vomit. They, they will cane people till they faint and you have to take them home. Praise the Lord. And that's why we were very good citizens of Ghana. Praise the Lord. And in the presence of that teacher, you dare not misbehave. You were on your best behavior. One thing I also can't forget from primary school is when it was uh, getting close to 6 March and they were selecting people who were going to march for the school. That is when everybody marches well. You, you, you throw your hand shoulder level. You throw your hand shoulder level. Do, do you remember? Are there Ghanaians here? Everybody will march well. And they, because the teacher is watching and you want to make sure that as you are marching, the teacher will sing and say, come out, come out, come and march for the... Do you remember those who are trying to march for the school? Yeah, so God is with us. And that is why when we are marching, we march very carefully because God is always watching. When we are living our Christian life, we live it very carefully because God is always watching. We want to make sure that we catch his attention so that should God decide, this week I want to bless somebody. Hey, Roland, where am I? And your friends are eyes right. Right is here. You want to make sure that you catch attention so that if anybody is going to be favored. And so Jesus is saying to us, if you love me, obey my commandment. And our obedience to God is an act of worship because we are telling him, you deserve obedience. You deserve our respect. You deserve our honor. How can I see God like you and behave badly? I can't see you and behave badly. When I see you, I must be on my best behavior. Remember also those bad boys and girls who go and play and dirty themselves? When they are coming home, they will find a standing pipe somewhere. They wash their legs. Do you remember that one too? Yeah. I remember we even used to take it, take it a step further. We used to go and swim. We say we're going for classes. We'll go and swim at the sea. My mother had a very simple principle. She would put her tongue behind your ear. And the moment she touches and she tastes it, because we didn't know, we would wash ourselves, everything, but we will forget. And they bring the king. <laughs> and they start. Pa, 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 pa. Praise the Lord. And, and when we discover God and we realize that God is, there is God. We realize that he has all power. He wields all grace. He wields all influence. When we recognize that, we start obeying him because it is an act of worship. 
John the elder writes in 3 John 1 and 4 and he said, I have no greater joy than my children walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than my children, 3 John 1 4. I have no greater joy than my children walk in the truth. And let's, let's think about this as parents. What, what, what else are we expecting for our parents? I mean, like when... Uh, uh, I think come this weekend, there's going to be a graduation at UCC. And when you see graduations and you see parents, Charlie, don't stand in their way. I mean, somebody can run you over. When children are graduating and their parents are there, please sit back and just fold your arms and watch. Because some of them are so excited. I remember I was at a graduation at Wesley Girls and, and we were sitting, I was with Minister Richmond, we were sitting very, very far. And then they, they mentioned some girl's name and they mentioned the prizes she was taking that day. And we were all sitting very quietly and all of a sudden this woman jumped up started shouting that's my girl that's my girl that's my girl and do you know what happens anytime we have the temptation to choose what is wrong and we choose what is right do you know how God does a victory dance in the face of the devil and he tells the devil that's my boy that's my girl because the devil and the world are thinking that we must fall we must fall to temptation we must do what is wrong we must grow embittered and we choose to God. We choose to obey God. We choose to do what is right. Then all of a sudden God rises up and God is excited and God is celebrating us. I like the way they do at university graduations. If you are graduating with honors, all the professors are going to stand for you. Once they mention your name, all the professors stand for you. Think about a Christian who is operating in excellence and in distinction as an obedient child of God. Every time your name comes up, they mention your name justice. Then all the angels in heaven stand up and the father himself he gives you a salute and he says well done son and that's what God is doing that's why God is expecting obedience from us the devil wants us to disobey the devil wants to put us in a place where we don't honor God anymore and we choose to be selfish and not please God but when we come to that place where we are always pleasing God it's an act of worship and so John says I have no greater joy than that my children are walking in the truth and you know when the father sees us walking in the truth, it is the greatest joy he has. I mean, some of you are very naive uh, or you have chosen to be naive. You have no idea what is going on in, in our schools and on our campuses. You know, but because I've worked as a campus pastor for quite a long time, oh my goodness, troubles. I mean, from children, and these are university age children who are contemplating suicide and they have gone to catch them not once, not twice, sometimes three times. A child, like about 20, 21, trying to commit suicide. And sometimes you're wondering, what's wrong with this child? And then when you sit down and they begin to download, hey, maybe some now says I'm because they have committed more sins than Osama bin Laden. Or Atai, Osama bin Laden and Atai you put together. And they are still at that age. Praise the Lord. And, and, and you see, when we hear of our children, I remember one time I went to uh, um, Ligon and I was looking for um, some of our children from this church who were there. And so I mentioned one of them, um, Nanakutu, and then I, I mentioned his name to a certain girl I knew from here, Cape Coast. And I said, I, I'm looking for somebody. He said his hall is, he said, oh, everybody knows that boy. That boy, Archbishop Duncan Williams, Oh, no, I was too excited. I was too excited. Miss S, then, also, oh, yeah, do do, oh, yeah, do do. They may be evangelism. They may be, let's go to church. Miss, can be, can be, can be. 
Praise the Lord. And that's what parents like to hear. I mean, when parents go to check their, you know, open day, they come to check their children's book. But Praise the Lord. And it is a great joy when we realize that our children are walking in the truth. That's for us. In the same way, our father is a great joy for him when he recognizes that we are also walking in the truth. 